0: Welcome to GVN Talking Comics Interview. On today's show, we welcome Injected Senses Audio Director Gary Miranda. Gary along with his team at Injected Senses Audio has worked on such projects as Epic Games Fortnite, Marvel's Midnight Suns, Spider-Man Miles Morales, Sunblinks Heroish, as well as Insomniac Games Ratchet & Clank. Now, here's your host, Martin Sexton.
1: Welcome to another edition of GBN's Talking Comics. I am your host, Martin, and today we get to explore another avenue of that broad and diverse genre of comics that we love so much, this time reflected in video games by talking to Injected Sense audio director Gary Miranda. Gary, along with his collaborators at Injected Sense Audio, have worked on such games as Marvel's Midnight Suns, Spider-Man Miles Morales, Epic Games Fortnite, as well as Sunblink's Heroish, among others. So we're going to talk to Gary about how he got started in the audio production field, his work with injected sense audio, and how some of these great projects were brought to audio live. So let's welcome audio director Gary Miranda to this special audio edition of GVN's Talking Comics. Thanks for sharing a bit of your time today. Gary, how are we doing? Oh great. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is this is this is amazing. All right. Lovely. All right. Okay. So since this is the first time I've had an opportunity to talk to you, we're going to mm-hmm. get a delve a little bit into your background. So how did you get interested in audio production? And was it always something that you focused on in the beginning or did it kind of evolve as you went along?
0: Um, Yeah, it actually, it, that's a good question. It, it did really evolve from the beginning. Like it, it really did start as a hobby, just kind of like recording music and recording friends music and recording bands and, um, it eventually evolved into, you know, me wanting to start my own kind of just recording studio just for that purposes. Um, I ended up partnering with a studio down in, in San Diego for a little bit and kind of found a passion for post-production audio Um, while I was there. um, Started working on more and more kind of post-production, thing, you know, commercials, uh, short films. Um, we did some trailers um, when, and it started to kind of lead into more some video game stuff there. And it just kind of, stepping stone my way there and, uh, kind of found my passion for, for doing, um, you know, kind of post-production audio sound effects and mixing and and dialogue and things like that.
1: Okay. So, uh, and so do, so what was your, your first job as a professional in, in the auto production business and how ready did you feel like you were, uh, to jump in there? <laughs> I don't know if I ever feel like I'm ready. No, no. <laughs> um, no, but really, um, yeah, I
0: think, um, some of the first major gigs, I mean, like I said, I, I, once I partnered with Studio West down in San Diego, um, you know, we were doing a lot of short film stuff. Um, we started doing more and more kind of commercial gigs, dialogue, um, like ADR and dialogue replacement for um, actors that live in the area um, when they didn't want to go up to L.A. to do their dialogue replacement. We started doing that um, for the some of the, the guys that live down here. Um, and, yeah, some of those were the first gigs that I got were, you know, working with actors on on dialogue stuff. And then we started, like I said, getting into more trailers and um, uh, outsourced cinematic audio for different games. So we had um, a few trailers we did for Sega. Um, we did some stuff for the Red Faction series um, back in 2009, I think it was, 2000, 2008, 2009-ish era. Um, and we did some cinematics there. And, yeah, I mean, it was, it was definitely... Um, a, a jump up in like comfortability doing that just kind of going from like being around um, music musicians and artists and kind of a little bit more laid back and a little bit more vibey to like we need this done now um kind of feel but I, I definitely like the challenge of it and um the pace of it and the the intricacies of the things that we had to do for that kind of stuff it, it really kind of brought something to life with that.
1: Okay. okay, So when it comes to developing sound for video games, because that's kind of Ooh. what you're mainly into these yeah. these days, uh, so how much is using you know sound bites that you've already have been created and you're just enhancing, or how much do you are do you create on your own? Uh, I mean, it, I hate to say it depends, you know, because it's kind <laughs> like, of a But, it, answer, depends, but right?
0: it, it, it it really does depend on the the scope, the time, um, the time of the project, how fast we need to turn it around, that kind of things. But um, you know, there's uh, it's 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 really kind of hard to give a percentage uh, depending on the game, but we we try to do as much as we can that's in house, like on our own. We try to at least if we have to use like some library material, um, we will never just drop in a library sound unless like it's specifically told, like drop in the Wilhelm scream or something, you know. But like for the most part, we'll try to um, well we'll we'll definitely manipulate those as much as we can to kind of get little things out of it. Um, But we'll always try to throw in like a flavor of ours or something that's unique and recorded and something special so it gives that unique flavor on it um, and give it that perspective so it's not just, you know, for lack of a better term dragging and dropping sounds in there we like to, we like to make things custom as custom as we can within the time that we have for that.
1: Yeah, well, it actually makes sense because if you were just going to just drop a sound bite in without doing anything, anybody could probably do that. Right, uh, right. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There's, it, it, we need some finesse on there. And yeah, yeah. We, and it, it, things don't always just work out that way. I mean, you know, a footstep, even if something as simple as a footstep might not necessarily match exactly if it's just straight up from a library. Um, you know, um, we try to get it as close as we can and, and you know, massage it the rest of the way. Okay.
1: So when you're working for different companies, do they limit you at all of what you can create or do they give you leeway as far as uh, what you can do as far as making a, you know, your audio atmosphere?
0: Not, not really. I mean um, the, the limitation really is the time um, more than anything. Um, And so if if we, if we have enough kind of front loaded time um, we'll try it, we'll, we'll get in there and and make it as custom as we can. Um, Usually the restrictions there, um, if there are any, are going to have to be, Either like established sound relations, so like I mean, if we're talking about um, Spider-Man or or anything, you know, even anything from the Marvel universe or or even Star Wars things like that, they have established sounds, um, and so you know we have to kind of fit within that criteria. That would be some of our li- limitations, but usually if it's if it's a new IP um, or something that's a little bit more open. Uh, open-ended. Um, we get as much creativity as as we want, as long as the time
1: allows it. So this wasn't actually, but now that we're sitting here talking about, as far <laughs> as time as time goes, I mean, do you generally most of your projects? Do you feel like you get enough time to work, or sometimes are they trying to really squeeze you in?
0: Um, uh, off and on, uh, yeah. Granted, like we we really try to get in as early as we can. Um, that allows us to establish a lot of things, and you know, everybody's. You know everybody's got different paces but we, we we generally get a good amount of time um and and thankfully you know there there have been projects where we're we're a little crunched but um you know we we have to make do with with what we got there and you know we just work around it.
1: Okay, you know I, I mentioned in my opening I mean you, you have a, a bunch of major titles that you've worked on. Uh okay. you know and you know Fortnite and Marvel's Midnight Sons and such. But okay. so when you're going to try to you know you're trying to pitch yourself to land these types of projects, Uh, what do you, what do you do? Do you just give them some examples of your previous work? Do you create something specifically for what you think their project could use or exactly? How do you go about um, presenting yourself to maybe get those jobs?
0: Yeah. uh, Demo, kind of demo reel type stuff is, is very important so they can see what our past work is um, kind of in context um, to that, to that specific project. Um, That's a big thing. Um, You know, a lot of this, a lot of these, a lot of our projects come from repeat customers. So it's, you know, stuff that we've done before. Um, But, but really um, the the next step, even after like a demo reel, a lot of the times they'll, they'll send us something to to test against. Um, So giving us a scene to work to, or, you know, a certain, you know, animation or something like that to kind of uh, design some sounds around with a little bit of criteria involved in it. Um, And usually they, you know, they, they consider that what's, you know, like a sound design test um, and as long as we're kind of fitting within the realms, you know, look, maybe might do a couple revisions on that, you know, based on their feedback to see how we would address their feedback and, you know, can we kind of nail this on first, second, you know, second or third pass or whatever it is. Um, and how do we respond to those, um, you know, those changes that they're asking for? Um, that's usually the kind of the second round. Um, and then beyond that, it's kind of just <laughs> us talking to them, you know, <laughs> them realize no, know, knowing that, you know, that, um, that we have the knowledge and the expertise to to make you know proper sound design uh, aesthetics and and choices and things like that um and kind of moving from from there yeah, a lot of so, trust
1: involved as well. <laughs> that's
0: what that's might, a good
1: thing. <laughs> yeah, I would think so. Okay. So you know, I was talking about Midnight Suns, and of course, as most comic book fans know, Marvel is very protective of their characters right. uh, and their product. Uh so how challenging was it working with the Marvel characters on Midnight Suns? And were they open pretty much to any creativity that you wanted to use on that project? Yeah. Um
0: Marvel was great. Um And I think it becomes it comes from a little it seems like it's a little bit of a a distinction between um, keeping the MCU a little separated from both the comics and uh, and the video game universes that they've established. Um, And so, again, kind of back to what I was talking about, having a little bit of um, like established sounds. Um, You know, there are characters that are obviously in the MCU that are very forefront now. I mean, Iron Man, Doctor Strange, everybody, they have like established sonic palettes, you know, in in the movies now. Um, and so um normally with those kind of things like I mean we talked about Lucasfilm or you know Star Wars and things like that, those are very constrained. We can't, you know, you you wouldn't be able to change a lightsaber sound, for example. Right. Exactly. Um with Marvel, they were with Midnight Suns in particular, um they were very we were they were very open. We had a lot of freedom um but with the established characters it was not so much like make you know make sure they sound like the mcu is more like as long as they're familiar we had we had a lot of freedom and so like with iron man for ex- example it was like you know you still kind of hear that charge up whine. it's not the exact you know kind of same thing as as what's in the mcu but it's close and it's reminiscent of it it's just so it's recognizable and doesn't sound too off from there but then there's there's a whole host of characters in midnight suns that's that haven't been in the mcu so we had a lot of freedom to kind of just like make them however we wanted and um marvel's great marvel was great on that on that side um you know we 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 kind of just sent them things you know sent them different builds of the game and they they just loved it so
1: so, so how much, you know, speaking of that, how much feedback did they give you? I mean, like when you're like in this case, like I said, these are characters, people you know, people may not be as familiar with. Right. So you get a little bit of more leeway. But uh, did they give you a constant set of feedback or did they pretty much just trust you to do what you knew to do? There,
0: yeah, there was a lot of good trust there. Um, we had I I didn't really have any sit down sessions with them. A lot of it was passed through passed through production. If there was any notes, we would get stuff from them. Um, And it was very, it was very little. Um, Actually, the most stuff we got was probably on the music. And it was just more, they wanted to make sure just didn't tiptoe too much into MCU world, you know, because those are kind of, you know, there's, there's contracts and all sorts of things like that and and licensing and all that kind of goes into play there. So um, the music was the kind of the bigger feedback, but even then it wasn't, it wasn't too much.
1: Oh, cool. Okay, so you also worked on some Heroish game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, what were the challenges on, on that project? And do budgetary restraints affect you at all as you're working on the, these kinds of games?
0: Uh, budget budgets are always a concern. Um, so, but that's <laughs> that's always worked out up front. And if there's something during product, production or during the timelines, then we will 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 suss that out with production and, and the the development teams and things like that. Um, with um, with Heroish itself, I think the really the challenges there was um, this is a game that on the surface looks kind of like, I mean, it, I don't know, it could be perceived as a mobile game or like something that's a smaller kind of indie title, but they have a, there's a lot of content in there um, and they wanted a lot of content um, audio wise. They wanted everything represented um, very well um, and very uniquely Uh, the audio director, um, Eric, who we were working for at that time or, you know, last year, um, he was very detailed in a good way with what he wanted what he wanted to hear um you know i want to hear like ice crystal shattering and it sounds like you know you know when you throw a rock onto a pond and it gets that you know those those lasery sound you'd know, be very descriptive and so for us to um be able to capture that um but but make but with every single sound in the game having that much like descriptive detail of what he wanted um i think that was probably the the biggest challenge um um, is just kind of getting getting all those notes n- nailed down, um, but uh, yeah, it came out great and uh, very. We're very proud of that game. Um, we're very happy for Sun Sunblink and their their team. They're just they have an awesome product there. So is that is that common
1: to get that kind of? Uh detailed you know descriptions of the kinds of sounds that they're looking for i would say no um
0: you know there are a lot of um creative directors audio directors um or uh, creative directors um or developers um they'll give general guidelines hey let's make it sound like this let's you know let's let's put it kind of in this in this area this realm you know um they might reference other uh other things that they like you know that they heard. You know, um, you know, make it sound like uh, the Lord of the Rings, this or that. You know, they'll they'll, they'll pick out something. Uh, a lot of reference there, but to give very detailed, like almost like paint by numbers descriptions, is is kind of rare. Um, and a lot of times they just leave it up to us um, to do it. But it, it was it was also very helpful because then we could we could know what he was he was looking for um, exactly, and it gave us some some guidance into to where to go with that. Um, but yeah, they did a great job on that.
1: Do you have a preference? Would you rather, uh, them give you that kind of direct input or, you know, kind of go wherever you want, you feel like you should be going?
0: Yeah. I, I think, um, there's always collaboration is always the best, um, leaving us completely bare is, is, (laughs) is just as bad as like completely over, like, you know, almost micromanaging, you know, um, which is not what SunBlake was doing. Um, but I'm just saying like there's there's kind of two different sides to it. I think there's always a fair collaboration that can be made there. Um and that's what gets the best of everybody because that, you know, helps us nail what uh you know help, helps us nail down what um the developers want um but it also helps us really just kind of understand what what they're trying to put out with the product, you know. Um because a lot of this visual, especially a lot of the visual things, um I mean I'm I'm I see the heroish um you know kind of splash screen in the back over there. Um you know the game on the surface could it looks cartoonish, you know, and it's got a kind of a silly cartoon vibe a little bit, but there's a lot of serious um, you know, kind of undertones to it. And um they they wanted it to have that in there, and not necessarily let's let's just go with you know, boings and bonks and, <laughs> and kind of funny, silly stuff, because we could we easily could have gone that route. Um, but he with with that direction, he was able to kind of guide us back into let's let's not go too far into that, into that realm.
1: Yeah. Now uh you had mentioned previously uh talk about you know you didn't uh basically you'd returned to games that you did previously uh and are those return customers as important to you as getting landing new accounts as far as uh you know just establishing your business of
0: course yeah 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 i mean they're if not they're probably like the most important thing because they you know generally they kind of keep the lights on for you know as we're <laughs> as we're rolling and rolling as and trying to expand our clientele um but yeah they they're absolutely very very important
1: all right okay so well that's pretty much what i got i take it back i i like <laughs> you i said i said i wasn't going to add something but i am <laughs> uh just as a hypothetical hey okay, say that and and some people can answer this and some can't if you know say someone was making a time capsule and they wanted to capture the best of audio and video games and they come to you gary and said mm-hmm. i want you to pick Two of your uh your best works to put in here. What would you choose?
0: Ooh, two of my best works. Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, I mean, obviously, Midnight Suns. I'm we're very proud of what what we ended up doing in there. Um, God, I'd, yeah. There's a lot of stuff for that we've done for Fortnite lately that I'm very proud of that i probably throw in there as well. Um, yeah, I think it'd probably be. To the, two of the top things. But I see this, this is a hard thing because then I kind of go back to like for nostalgia reasons. I think of the stuff I did early on in my career and it's just so like I'm just proud of that just from the fact that I was able to accomplish it. And so like I think some of those early trailers and some of the early cinematics that I did, early work that I did, um, not that I, I mean, I look at the work now and I'm be like, oh, I would totally do that different now or, you know, what I would think, what I would hope is better now. But, you know, just I like looking at them to see where, I've grown from. So some of those things might be thrown in that time capsule as well. <laughs> well,
1: see, it was a hypothetical. You can throw anything you want in there. So that's fine. Right. Uh, it's some some people can't even pick what you know, so they're like they're oh, all my children and I can't pick from them. Right. Um, yeah. So that is a so, very so, tough question,
0: but I, I Right. I, so
1: so so that's all right. All right. Well, hey, well, that's what I got for you. And I thank you again for your time, Gary. But before I let you go, I want to give you an opportunity to possibly promote anything else you might have coming up that you can talk about. And uh where can our fans follow you uh and injected sense audio? either on uh social media or the web right uh
0: we're on facebook and um and twitter so twitter's uh, at un- injected underscore senses and then um facebook is injected senses audio um and um yeah upcoming um we got dlc the, the next dlc dlc 3 for midnight suns just came out that had um more as morbius in there um, and a bunch that's of fun stuff. Cool. And then uh, DLC 4 is coming out soon. I can't give too many details about that, <laughs> but it's coming out uh, you know, shortly. Um, yeah, yeah. And that's that's really all I can talk about right now. <laughs> well, that's
1: all right. Well, I appreciate it, Gary. And uh, we're going to be uh, following you and your work very closely. And I hope we get a chance to talk to you again in the future. Absolutely. Thank you, Martin. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Okay.
0: Thank you for listening to GVN's Talking Comments. Please come back again. Talking Comics is a production of Geek Vibes Nation.